Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Joel Clark to talk about his Kickstarter for Lone Wolf Fists. This is a new RPG that he has, and it uh, uses the Tian Cheng system. And uh, and so I'm going to just give Joel the floor to tell people about his, his Kickstarter, where they can find it, and what the game is all about. Okay, awesome. Uh, also, first of all, hi, uh, Joel Clark. I... Oh man, it's so weird to like talk about this. Like, it's hard to like jump into it. Um, I've been writing this this game, uh, uh, Tian Sheng. It's uh, a martial arts kind of kung fu system. And um, let's see, Ooh, I don't even know where to start with it because um, it it began several years ago. We've been like cooking it for a while. Uh, it's kind of loosely based off of Legends of the Wulin and Weapons of the Gods, which are like uh, the Wuxi action system, which were made by EOS Press back in the day. Um, uh, one of the creators of that game, David Ramirez, actually recruited me to do it, and then I've just been constantly laboring on it since then. But this is its own uh, game. This is like a, this is a separate concept, though, right? Like this is kind of its, yeah, its, it's own got thing. Some DNA. I will say it has it has many fa- it has many parents. So what's the uh, what's the elevator pitch for the uh, for Lone Wolf Fists itself? All right, for Lone Wolf Fists. Uh, this one is a post-apocalyptic kung fu game of martial arts mayhem, I think is what I said. <laughs> I thought of a really, like, punchy title, and if I'd been thinking, I would have written it down, but uh, didn't didn't do that for the interview, my bad. And what's the—oh, the, the, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, the, the idea is that, like, there's it's sort of a niche that's unfulfilled. Like, the, it, it's based off stuff like uh, Fist of the North Star, and what was the, what was the uh, show that you were talking about? Uh, into the wasteland or something like that. Into the Badlands, I think. Yeah, into it. the Badlands. Um, I didn't actually see that one, by the way. Like, you can me come in left field with that one, but that, like, I feel like you could do that with this too. Um, it is, but it's more anime. But actually, I I ran in some. I I, I was a player in some of the play tests of this, mm-hmm. and I remember it definitely has a more of a, a an anime vibe. Yeah, so, it's yeah. it's very much a love letter to like that like pulpies, gory '90s anime, like your fists of the North Star. And um, Ninja Scroll, which we did on uh, the podcast a while back, uh, you know stuff like that. Where it's did we it's ever do really Fist good. of the North Star? Or no, we haven't done Fist of the North Star. Remember, Fist of the North Star being a series, we could do the movie maybe. Um, okay, not the not the live action movie. Let's avoid that one. But let's do the anime movie sometime. That okay. one's great. Uh, it's a little truncated because some of the nuance of the series is is yeah. kind of just smushed for the movie. But I don't know. It, there's a lot of really good, like iconic scenes from like both the manga and the anime that wound up in it that are pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's basically that. It's like what, what if if you wanted to play Fist of the North Star, this is your game. You know, it's it's like kung fu heroes, like martial heroes wandering the waste. It's got a lot of elements that I uh, borrowed from uh, Wuxia cinema. So like it's got martial brotherhoods, but the actual martial arts themselves are all really over the top like uh i almost want to say like street fighter level like fireballs and pressure point head explodey like really ridiculous like magical kung fu um so yeah that's that's if i had to do an element like every time i pitch this to someone i i kind of try to look at the angle that would appeal to them there's a lot going on it's a big game it's like 280 pages this thing is this thing is meaty uh and so whenever i pitch it to someone i'm always like okay you know how in a lot of role-playing games you can't fist fight a tank? Well, in this one you can, and you can win. 
and sometimes that's enough. And sometimes you got to go and like talk to them, like pitch it in terms of anime. They're like, like, hey, you like that Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust? Well, you can you can horse ride on top of the backs of giant building size sand manta rays in this game. That's a thing that happens. Um, yeah, it's it's very it's very zany. Uh, I, I basically, if anything. Uh, if I loved something from anime, if I loved something from manga, if I loved something from a manhwa, it found its way into Lone Wolf Fist. Uh, and it's admittedly very gonzo, and the, the power curve is a lot higher than you expect to see from something that was a little more, like, traditionally, like, specifically wuxia. I feel like wuxia is, like, a middle-range power with occasional magic spikes. And this is more like, uh, what was, what did Jeremy call it? Shansha? Shansha. Well, Shansha... So that's a whole other topic, but Shansha actually gets up to very extreme scales of power. But but I know what you're you it's it's a it, where I based on the experience I had with your game, it seemed to me like it's operating at that anime level of magic, yeah. or like that slightly higher level you sometimes see in the more magically uh, special effects driven wuxia movies. So like ones that have like uh, that maybe like bring in a lot of like uh concepts like immortals or things like that but they're not maybe not quite at the shansha level but they're more you know what i mean yeah because this doesn't go all the way up to sort of like monkey king levels of invading heaven yeah uh, that'll be the next game this one gets right up to the tip of that though yeah. um that's a good example it's well one, i mean you've t- actually seen a tian sheng is, is 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 uh is the monkey king game right like that that mm-hmm. But but again, you have a an, like this game. You have sort of a cool spin on the concept. It's not what, what they do with that is not just a straight journey to the west type thing. They take it in a really interesting direction. We don't need to necessarily get into that here. But it's, but what I what I always like about the stuff that Joel does is it it will have this 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 twist that is an extremely gameable twist. Do you know what I mean? Because it's one thing to have a twist on something. But if the twist is extremely gameable, that's what really makes it work. And so, you know, it, it's one of those types of things. Uh, yeah, and um, that, can, that's another... I do want to talk about, like, the gameable element of that. Because, like, that's that was important when I was making this. But go on. Well, and I just wanted to... I, I, I was going to actually uh, go in a different direction and ask about the system. Just, just the basics so people know what to expect. Like what kind of game system is it? Cause it's not, it's not your standard game system. It definitely operates in a different way. Right. So what, yeah, it's, it's got some DNA from Greg Stoltz's uh, one roll engine. It, it's basically, it's kind of like a die pool system. You have a mm-hmm. pool of D tens, which is like the basis of your action. And when you roll those, you, uh, you group them into to matching like sets. So if you roll two twos, you can group those together. Yep. And the, the idea behind that, uh, the thing that I liked about it, because I borrowed that from Legends of the Rulin, and the innovation they did with it was really cool, which is whenever you're attacking, the groups are all individual attacks and defenses you can use. So your 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 single action at the start of the turn, like your, your pool roll, kind of gives you an idea of what your options are for that round of combat. You can do like flurries of attacks, which felt very martial arts to me, yeah. you know? Um, and like... So the the there's uh, a lot of there's a lot of strategy and like there's a lot of a meta like element to the strategy of thinking what's the best use of what I rolled this time, sure. whereas uh, a game like D and D or really a, a lot of games whenever they look at a roll they're just like okay, this is kind of a yes or no you're asking the system yeah, does yeah. my attack hit them whereas this one is you you ask the you ask the you ask sort of a different question to the game you're like okay 
how much stuff can I do this turn? And the game will be like, okay, you're, you're going to be super cool in some ways, or you're going to have a lot of different Which, little things you can do. And, and like you were saying, what I found worked about that is, is the, is the fact that it's keyed to the, to these martial arts and to these abilities mm. you have and that you're making choices that it's not so abstracted that you're just fiddling with the die pool. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's actually connected to things that are going on in a way. So I found it very natural in play. Um, and it, it, that wasn't immediately obvious when I read the first version of the game. So that's, that, that's... you know, that is actually an issue that I have with that. I had that issue with uh, the the legend system too, but I, I was so I was so careful with the writing of this because like it's not it doesn't come out that like that's what you're doing when you're talking about it because yeah. you're talking about okay take a pool of d10s and roll yeah. them and match them and then you can map you can map those to your strategy and movements like the 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 actual game mechanic talk it does seem a little obtuse and gamey. But the the important thing, like you're pointing out, is like when you're doing it, it's it flows so so well. Like it's becomes so intuitive really quickly. Yeah. It's really second nature to be like, okay, I've got three attacks I can make this turn. I'm gonna do this and this and that. And you don't start out like and you I started you guys with starting characters. Like you don't start out with a ton of options, so you're not like overwhelmed mechanically, yeah. but you have cool options. And the way I built it was that the the standard starting character and you can be a little more creative with this it's a system where you can build your character from different martial arts moves but like the standard ones that are, are given out all of the the different martial arts they start with this bedrock of attack defense and trick so you've got three different options you can approach combat with and you can kind of mix and match how you're doing them from turn to turn and action to action so there's a big like depth that you get immediately that's all pretty straightforward as far as like trying to learn it and, and and use it and uh what are some of the mechanics behind the martial arts like how how do they because there's a there's a lot of different moving parts in this game in terms of yes you know so what's what are some of the key concepts mechanically that you'd like to highlight I definitely want to highlight the because I think that almost all games that have specifically magic kung fu have a very similar system. To this I think you and me were talking about this many moons ago, where you kind of have like either your your chi or in this case we call it prana, but I just call it your magic go go juice. Uh, in this case, it's prana, which is a a, 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 a word for, a, a term from uh, Hindi mythology. Uh, basically, you have um, you have that, and it's it's just this little pool of resources that you have that you can spin to power your yohakala or techniques, which are just your kung fu moves. So uh, mapping this to to uh, uh, Street Fighter logic, if you want to throw a fireball with your hands, you got to use some some of your magic go-go points. Mm -hmm. You get some back every turn, uh, but you can spin them really rapidly, and you have like a little banked pool. So that's the kind of resource at the core of the game when it comes to like using the more powerful versions of your martial arts, the stronger the move, the more it costs and the less often you're going to see that move. Um, so that's probably one of the, the, the big core things is you sort of have two resources uh, to map. You've got the, your effort and what kind of uh, actions you have in a given round. And then you also have your prana, which is a limited resource that you use to unleash your Kung Fu magic. So that's that's the other one I wanted to point out. Like that's because it's the, kind of the other leg to the system, and the interplay of those two things uh, 
informs like the strategy of, of how you approach a given round of combat. And is is the chakra still in the game? I, I seem to yeah, recall yeah. that was in it. Yeah, I, I wanted I wanted to be as faithful as possible to the uh, to the mythology I was I was taking because like you want to be respectful of that stuff. Uh, you have seven chakra, um, and not everyone's for the, for starting characters. You only start out with a few you have access to, but as you gain more power, you become more enlightened, mm-hmm. and you you open up more chakra, and therefore you get like more prana and more magic power you can throw around. Uh, the the game kind of posits philosophically that getting more martial power that way is kind of like your path to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the the setting of the game is such that it makes sense for you to become like this almost demigod as you gain more power and enlightenment. Um, so yeah, you you start out with a limited number of chakra and you have some that are totally available to you. And you also have some that although they're they're not closed, you you don't have perfect access to them. They're just mm-hmm. slumbering. And one of the cool things that I just sort of stumbled on in the early uh, design of this was that you could use your action, some of your effort during a turn, to open those up and then kind of invest in getting more prana in later turns. Mm -hmm. So it actually has a thing where you're kind of powering up through the early rounds of combat. And you got to really carefully judge, like, okay, how... How important is it for me to use these these attacks or defenses versus how important is it for me to open more chakra so that in later rounds I have more magic to use? Because that not only gives you like a broader amount of stuff you can do and allows you to do your uh, moves a lot more often, it allows you to access more powerful moves because some are beyond what you can afford at starting out. So there's this this wonderful this wonderful little like tactical trade offs and decisions you get to make. And what what I liked about that actually in in, in play, and I think you guys noticed this too whenever you were uh, testing it was that not like there's a party dynamic where you can sort of like at the start of a round you can be like okay you are our enlightened character you go in the corner and power up and we'll cover you so this guy doesn't kick your ass while that happens yeah um and i love that i love that you can have like this natural like party element where different different parts of the party are doing different things on that power curb yeah uh it's it's great to have that because it means that like really dangerous combats even though they're kind of overwhelming, you have a you have a chance to do something interesting and really change the way you can interact with them. Like it, in a game like D and D, which I love D and D, but you don't have the ability to access deeper wells of power. So if you get into a combat with something that's going to kill you, you basically have to figure out a way to run from it or a creative way to beat it mm-hmm. or get really lucky. And in this case, you actually have the ability to increase your power level relative to that if you're clever. And I like yeah. that because I don't know that there's a lot of games that offer that. You know, it definitely worked in play. I remember I remember that being – I remember the choices that you were able to make during combat being very interesting and translating very well into things that I was visualizing at the yeah. table. Do you know what I mean? So, well, I, I'm a real visual dude, so that was important to me. Now, what about um, karma? Karma's in the game, right? Like, is oh it, is yeah, it... yeah. The way you get, I actually uh, was I for the last draft that's getting into the the book. I actually fixed it up a little bit because um, the way you get XP is is a little bit unusual. I I unlike a lot of my contemporaries and like the old school design movement. Uh, I really like some of the new school stuff. I like the idea that you can act a certain way in character and it's entertaining to the table and that you get rewarded with XP for that. Like I loved that. There's a lot of games that do that. And it's, it's a little, admittedly, that's a little drama queenie. It's a little, uh, it's a little hammy, but uh, I don't care. I'm making I, my game. I, but the thing is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that that's not like um, 
so unusual. Like there's like a lot of games that that have that that are fairly traditional games still. Do you know what I mean? But they have that. Yeah, it's it's actually based off the karma rules from Marvel Face Rip, and I feel like karma might have been a stretch for the name of that XP system in that game. Uh, but it feels a little more natural here because we I've attached them to things called Dharma, which is yeah. actually, again, in Hindu mythology where you get karma. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, basically, you have a thing as a character called a Dharma, and you actually can have several different ones, uh, major and minor. And what those give you is different actions you can take in the game uh, of two varieties, of two broad varieties that get you XP. The first one is when you kind of uphold your ideals or the the like philosophical or spiritual ideals of your dharma and your actions or the, the choices that you make, you get some XP that you get to bank from that. And the other one is a little more direct. It's whenever you accomplish a goal that moves you closer to it, uh, you get karma. And in both cases, I actually uh, – one of the things I was having trouble with was doing party unity. And so one of the things I did was I just said that, okay, basically there's a shared pool and everyone tosses in whenever they hit a, a trigger. Um, and uh, whenever you like accept a quest, it does kind of the same thing where like you can bank XP as you make uh, progress towards the quest. This mm -hmm. is something we didn't get a chance to play test, by the way. Well, you and I didn't. I have play tests in a sense. But uh, you bank XP towards it, and you only get it if you go all the way through and hit a conclusion with it. Um, now, what, so, oh, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, I was just gonna say more about that same thing. <laughs> Thank I, you for cutting me off. That was gonna well, be dumb. Well, I wanted to know because uh, you 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 were talking about this a lot with me, and I remember it a little bit from the playtest too. The way scaling works in the game, right? The way. Oh yeah. I, I'm just curious. Is that where did you end up there? Because I know that you were working on it in different ways. You're trying out different things. And I don't oh, know yeah. what you settled on. Well, I mean, we, it was in a very close to done form at, uh, whenever we were doing the play test. Like, you remember the effect charts? Yep. Okay, to introduce it to the audience. Uh, again, I, I took this from Marvel Face Rip. Uh, whenever you do an action, you, you can pair the rank of your result, the, the total uh, number of dice that match together. Uh, that number gives you your rank. So if you get two dice, it's the rank two, five dice, it's the rank five. And because of the way the dice math works, it's really unlikely to get larger sets. So they're pretty rare. Um, uh, I, I linked your ability to boost that to your magic Kung Fu, which I mean, obviously. Uh, so a, every martial arts move you have kind of doubles as a way to get more powerful with other actions. So like they, they increase your skills basically. So you can use, uh, power to get physically stronger or agility to get faster or more nimble or even something more esoteric like spirit to unleash like more magical stuff. Um, and each one of those, there's seven skills total that kind of, you know, range the gamut from like physical to social to uh, mental and spiritual stuff. And each one of those has an effect chart, which gives you kind of like a range of what you can do with the different ranks. And they they more or less double every rank. And then the really high levels like are uh, quadratic and just going to zany with what you can accomplish. And each effect chart is scaled uh, in, in two ways, both descriptively where you're like kind of giving people an idea just in words of how much bigger that effect is than the last one. And also, in the case where it was possible, I did it numerically. Like, the power chart has, like, how much can you lift or break? And so with that, I can actually put in, like, the amount of weight something has, the amount of mass, in the case of something like moving a mountain around. Because weight gets weird, and really so does mass, whenever something as big as a mountain is involved, because they have their they have an effect on gravity. Um, but there's a kind of a mythological 
dimension to this when you get at the higher levels yeah. of power where like you're literally smashing apart mountains with your attacks and i'm not i'm uh, not too worried about the mathematics of math and no, mass and, and stuff like that when when I, no one is really i don't think i mean and there are games that go much more into the into, into that uh scientific dimension yeah. of that this game needs an immediate answer because in my mind whenever you're using an effect chart what you're what you're asking the game and there's a lot of conversation you have with the game where you kind of ask it a question and it mm -hmm. gives you an answer in the case of insulting like the power effect chart you're like okay the question you're asking is how much damage can this guy do with a punch he got to rank yeah. you know five what does that do and what i wanted was there to be one sentence or like one very concise answer that kind of gives you the scale really intuitively so when you say like he can lift up a train car and that's about you know x amount of tons or whatever you can interpret that right on the fly as a gm yep. uh in terms of anything they're trying to do can i push over this building with that that's a good question and like that's that's how we wound up doing the scaling. Um, I also wanted to make sure I was uh, looking at how much time people were taking in doing that. And so, uh, uh, the the question of like the time frame that you're looking at as far as like what you're doing in the rules is really important. Uh, there's kind of three speeds. There's combat, uh, which is an action scene, which is as like in seconds or in heartbeats. It's measured really quickly, and so obviously the effects in, in that time scale are much smaller because you have to do it much quicker. Yeah. Then there's like the more exploration slash role play stuff, which we call real time scenes because I can think of a clever name. Uh, but I think real time makes sense. It just it it's directly like however long you're taking to talk about it or describe it is yeah. about how long it's taking, mm -hmm. and that gives you like more powerful effects because you have a lot longer. There's no more time pressure in doing stuff. So it's kind of like the standard of the effect chart. And then there's like downtime scenes where like you're you're training for several weeks or months, or you're <laughs> you've got a long term project like you're building a castle or raising an army, yeah. and that is covered under montage scene rules, which are assuming that whatever rank of thing you get you are consistently operating at that for however like whatever giant dilated time frame you're you're skipping over so you can do some really insane stuff at that level so which i yes, thought was ultimately. And, and again okay. like i and usually i'm not like always a, the biggest fan of like the cinematic techniques being ported into a mm. game but that was one i particularly liked when you first, uh, I think I I think I read a copy that you sent me of Tian Shang first, and yeah. I remember getting really excited about the montage scenes. Um, you really did like those, I remember. Yeah, I, well, I mean, number one, I'm I'm a huge Rocky fan, so you know, just the, you know, <laughs> montages are I like montages, but number two, it, it's just a really smooth way to handle downtime in a game. Where, oh, yeah. where you're actually still having some kind of control over what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. normally, you all, in a way, the way that it's typically handled, you actually seed the ability to control what's going on during that. You you seed it to a die yeah. roll. Or you, you know what I mean? But here, you actually return some of that power to the players, which I thought was kind of interesting. And it's not done in a out-of-character way. It's all very in-character. So, it, 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 you know, it works really well. And, and, and it... it, it I don't know. I, I just I just was very excited about that concept. So well, that actually came from a studying like the old school stuff. Like that's a very Arnisian idea yeah. because really that structure I just mentioned has been around in RPGs at least since Dungeons and Dragons. You've always had 
uh, we're exploring the dungeon speed versus we're getting to the dungeon or hex crawling speed. Yeah, no, those, those are visible, but the montage is the to me seems different than than typical D and D time increments, right? Well, it's like, based on the same thing though, because you still have that kind of what well, you just call it downtime in D and D. Yeah, you know, um, and the issue that I ran into with, with this game is that D and D has a pretty, pretty sane power scale. You know, you're basically yeah. a person and you have a few things you can do on top of that. And like a lot of your powers that are really crazy are very limited, like magic as spell slots. But in this game, like you can regain all of your magic power and get to the peak of your abilities almost immediately when you're not fighting. Like the time pressure of fighting is what kind of balances out the ability to grab those higher ranks. And so I ran into this issue with playtesting where if we weren't fighting, there was nothing stopping the players from going hog wild and just taking effectively infinite time and having infinite power. Even if they had like lower parts of that, they, if they could only reach like effect four or five, they would effectively get up to like seven and eight. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. I feel like there needs to be a distinction between character okay. power levels. And so part of it part of that design was kind of defensive where i was like okay like look they're still in a hostile world that wants to kill them like it's the post-apocalypse yeah. and the the post-apocalypse especially with the power levels that characters can get has to have this unbelievable level of danger to it that's just insane uh to to make it feel that to make it feel to these characters like they can't just completely rewrite the setting as soon as they stop fighting so i the design of that was like, okay, I want players to have an effect, and I want that to, that effect to feel like something they can do, and I don't want it to feel like a different game. What do I do? And so I just I I structured it. So I was like, okay, when you start a montage scene, you roll your effect chart once, and that's just or you roll your effort dice once, and that tells you what you can do during this scene. Yeah. And I also tiered it where it's like there's kind of two dimensions of power. There's the power you just have because you have your open chakra, then there's the power you can access. And in combat, you access it like in this kind of staggered way by opening up your chakra with actions. It eats into the action economy. If you have infinite time, you sort of don't have to worry about that. And there's no time pressure of someone trying to kill you. So I was like, well, wait, wait a minute. I don't think it's insane or unreasonable that they access that higher level of power when they have literally as much time as they want. Yeah. But I also feel like that element of risk needs to remain. So I just took uh, good old-fashioned uh, encounter rolls, and I said, okay, you will have to roll encounters if you use that power scene because you're basically like blazing with energy and sort of like signaling all of the denizens of this hideous monster world to come and kill you, including yeah. rivals and, and demons and shit. So... There's actually rules for if you're in a montage and you push a little further than you should have, interrupting it at a really critical moment and having the bad guys come to ruin your plants in the like on the apex of accomplishing a goal. Wow. So there's that that risk remains and it keeps the focus of the game back on kung fu because like why wouldn't you want a kung fu fight right there at that really critical dramatically interesting moment. So uh, I was proud of that design. That's that's one of the ones where I was like, yeah, I thought that I thought really around that problem. Well, I thought I just thought it was really cool, and it also fits the genre too, because like Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin has like the montages throughout it, and you oh. know it just seems like a I don't know, it just it it, it fits. Um, now, what about the? We're kind of running out of time, but before we go, uh, where? Where can people go to get the Kickstarter? What should, you know? What what sort of reward system do you have set up? What uh you know you know what are you telling people that are interested? Oh um, 
Well, it's it's a Kickstarter.com. It's, I've actually got it with the rest of the uh, tabletop role-playing games there. Uh, actually, it's I was really pleased with this with the Kickstarter. It's, it's search engine optimized. So if you just go to Google and just type in Lone Wolf is Kickstarter, it is like right below my playtest. It is like the second result right now. Okay. Uh, so that's awesome. You can really easily find it. And I've got links all over the place. Um, there's a couple of threads open on uh, the RPG side and RPG net. I've got ad banners actually running for it on those two. So if you see an ad banner, you know, you can give it a click. I've got a Facebook uh, thing running, which also, by the way, targeting the Facebook ad worked really well. I, I've actually had a lot of people interested in, in doing the click, which surprised okay. me. Uh, as far as reward tiers, I really like, okay, so I really wanted to stay focused on the game in this. It's really easy to get tempted away and, and like, oh, you can get a t-shirt. Yeah. No, the, the reward tiers are very simple. It's like you can get a PDF, which is about 25 bucks. Actually, I think it's exactly 25 bucks. And then you can get a physical copy of the game, which is 60 plus shipping. Uh, mm -hmm. Domestic, like United States shipping is about 10. International is around 30. And I want to make sure that people know that I may have to increase that number a little bit if you're really far out there. So that I'll I'll take that in the surveys if, if we get uh, funded. Uh, you can also, uh, there's a couple of tiers on top of that if you want to have like more of a, a hand in helping to create the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's one where you can get your character art commissioned. We have a couple of artists that are really happy to do commissions for us. Matter live stream backers last night, and we're uh, we're actually doing a version of the the main bad guy from uh, the Shadow Vipers, who are the the evil trench coat wearing vampire bad guys. Uh, so that's uh, that's in the updates right now. Um, you can also. Uh, if you want to design your own Kung Fu style, uh, you can do what's called a Fallen style, which are like smaller and a little more uneven than the kind of classic ones that greater clans have. Uh, there's a tier that you can do that. There's also a tier where you can start your whole your own minor clan, which amazingly we have a backer to that right now. Uh, there's only three of those available, so well, there's only three available at the mission, so now there's only two left. Uh, but yeah, with the with that you get to design your own like leader of that clan. You get to design uh, their philosophy and their dharma. You get to design their own like fallen style, uh, so there's all kinds of nifty stuff that you can do to you know actually really actively be a part of the creation of this game. Um, so that's what it looks like right now. Uh, as of the writing, we just started. Uh, we've got about 50 backers, and a lot of them are going to those higher tiers. Uh, so if you want to get involved, I would highly suggest snatching those up uh, if you can right away. So. So yeah, so again, it's uh, and it's 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 Lone Wolf Fists. Is Tiangsheng part of the name, or is it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a Tiangsheng game. So it's Tiangsheng Lone Wolf Fists. Okay. The, the full title of the game. Okay. And uh, and yeah, so people should definitely go check this out. I think this is one of those cases where this is a cool game, but it's going to need the support in order to get released as a Kickstarter. So mm -hmm. if if you like the concept, go there, check it out, see the rewards, and maybe you know contribute. Uh, and you know, and, and I, I can definitely say like, it's a fun game. I played it and I've, 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 I've read the Tian Shang and they're, you know, I, I think these are really, uh, you know, cool concepts and the systems are great. And, uh, you know, I, th this one in particular, I think is going to have broad appeal. Do you know what I mean? Cause what I saw instantly when, when I was playing this was I could easily launch a campaign without you know what I mean? you know a, yeah a, a lot of times that's not always 100 percent clear sometimes the you know the concept behind a game is you kind of gotta you know it doesn't hit you over the head with oh wow but 
the post-apocalyptic kung fu thing really works very well for you know just it just kind of got my gm mind thinking so um so yeah so so go check out the kickstarter and 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 see if you might want to contribute and i don't know is there anything you want to add before we head out no i think you nailed it pretty well um i i really i'm i'm just really stoked to get this thing as released as possible um and i'm i'm really hoping that people uh, are as excited as you and i about it so you know we'll we'll see and hopefully we'll get people to to go and check it out um you know i'm sure people are gonna have time now to to be doing that the way I'm oh yeah going. so <laughs> all right so we'll we'll let you go and we will talk to you later